Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is March 9th, 2022, and our first story, Russia and China are claiming that the U.S. is funding bioweapons research in Ukraine. Well, that may not be true, but it is true that there are biolabs in Ukraine. The U.S. has assisted in upgrading and constructing some of them, but it may have nothing to do with weapons, but it may have something to do with pathogens. The story is really interesting. Let's break down what's true. In our next story, Ukraine's Chernobyl nuclear power plant has lost power and many fear radiation can leak. In our last story, controversy around the quote-unquote don't-say-gay bill is still escalating even though the bill passed. Truth be told, the idea of don't-say-gay is a complete hoax. I break down what's actually in the bill and call out even people on the right for getting it wrong. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, and share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. For some time now, Russia and China have been pushing the narrative that the U.S. has been funding biological research labs in Ukraine. When the story first surfaced about a week ago, many in the media said that it was fake news. The U.S. is not funding these labs. These are Ukrainian labs. Now, for the most part, these stories didn't actually even address the issue of whether or not there were labs. They just said the whole story was fake, which creates an interesting predicament. If you are hanging out with some friends and you say, I heard there are bio labs in Ukraine, The only sources you can find are debunked conspiracy theory, false news, but they're different stories. And this is often a propaganda technique put on by the mainstream or corporate press to obfuscate what is true. What is true? There are Ukrainian biological research labs. The U.S. is concerned that Russia will get their hands on the research. Now, there are some fact checkers saying it's just like food prep stuff. It's not even that big of a deal. Like, Food is biological, so you're acting a little bit crazy. But the narrative that we're hearing from Russia and China is that the U.S. is funding Ukrainian labs and they're working on very serious pathogens. There may be some truth to this, but I do think the Russian and Chinese narrative is the worst possible interpretation. And here's the challenge. Right now, we have a viral story. Victoria Nuland, testifying before the Senate, said, There are biological research labs in Ukraine, and we're concerned Russia gets them. And Marco Rubio said, but in your mind, if there was a biological weapons attack, there's no doubt it would be Russia. And she went, yes. And everyone's kind of like, you're leading the witness. Let her answer the questions. From there, you now have questions about what's really going on in Russia. And the fact is, this story is substantive. I mean, it's substantial. People should be talking about it. 
the media is not reporting on it. This is the craziest thing to me. Whenever, whenever you try to look up the story about the biolabs in Ukraine, what do you get? You get a bunch of posts about debunked conspiracy theories. This is the game they play. I've often warned you about. And if you watch Timcast IRL, you heard me mention this the other day. There will be a story that'll say something like, you know, for instance, I will go out and do a backflip. The media will say, Tim Pool does backflip. Well, to fact check it and claim it's not true, you'll see like Snopes or these other outlets say, did Tim Pool really do a backflip on Sunday? On Sunday? False. And then you'll have this big, long-winded speech about Tim Pool's claim that he did a backflip, but people need to understand. And then at the bottom, it'll say, well, Tim Pool did do a backflip. It was actually Saturday at 11.59 p.m. Thus, it was Saturday, not Sunday. False. So when you actually want to understand what's happening, they'll tell you false. And this works on a lot of people. Truth be told, it even works on us at TimCast to a certain degree, because I want to make sure that we have definitive statements to provide you that we're not playing into any lies. I don't trust Russia. I don't trust China. So when they come out and claim the U.S. is working on these very serious you know, illnesses or cholera or something, I say, yeah, 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 give me evidence. But when the U.S. media comes out and says debunked conspiracy, I say you didn't debunk anything. Let's talk about this. This is what, what happens when you have censorship. You see, there are powerful interests who don't want you to understand the Russian perspective. And there's some good arguments here. The Russian perspective could be fake news. The American perspective could also be fake news. I got to be honest, I kind of lean more towards the U.S., even though I don't like many of, the, many of these uh, politicians or the bureaucratic state, the administrative state. I certainly think the people in the United States have an interest in defending their property at the very least which is to say there are many people in the U.S. who are going to be saying things to the benefit of the U.S. Because of that, I can trust that at least we share these interests in American soil to a certain degree. I know that internally we disagree on a lot of things, but I don't think Vladimir Putin cares about my property or where I live. And thus, I don't trust that his actions will do anything to protect my property. Truth be told, I don't necessarily believe that Joe Biden would do anything to protect my property or my life or my rights, but I certainly think that if Russia were to win, China were to win, and they become a more dominant power, it'll negatively impact even the administrative state in the U.S., and they don't want that. So at least I can say that, right? Well, let's read, and I want to show you this actual page from U.S. It's ua.usembassy.gov talking about the Biological Threat Reduction Program. Hmm. Are they actually providing funding? Well, it says they upgraded many of the state food and safety consumer protection services in Ukraine, biosafety level two. We'll talk about it. But I want to be honest and, 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 and outright just say it. It seems that Russia and China are lying. It seems the U.S. isn't covering this. And there are bio labs that have received some kind of funding in Ukraine, but it doesn't appear that they're involved in, waking, in making weapons or anything like that. The truth is closer to the middle, right? Well, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support our work. My friends, it's my birthday. It is. And if you want to get me a gift for my birthday, then just go to TimCast.com, sign up and become a member. And it is greatly appreciated. As a member, for about 10 bucks a month, all of our journalists keep their jobs. You're basically funding all the people who are reporting. We have people on the ground reporting at the Trucker Convoy as well. So if you're interested in, in field reporting, we're trying to expand. We, I, I should say we are working on expanding every single day. Right now, we need a new headquarters so we can bring on more journalists and grow. 
Right now, we're at around 30 employees, and it's all thanks to you. As a member, you'll also get access to exclusive members-only segments from TimCast IRL. We had an awesome show last night. A lot of swearing. But again, maybe you don't need any of that. Maybe I need only say, it's my birthday. So if you'd like to support the, the, the uh, website, I would really appreciate it. But don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read this story from Insider. And I'll walk you through the narrative of the conspiracy theory. A debunked conspiracy theory about U.S. bioweapons laboratories in Ukraine was seized on by Russian and Chinese media outlets. Business Insider reports a debunked theory touted by Infowars and Twitter conspiracy theorists about the U.S. operating bio uh, biological weapons labs in Ukraine has been seized on by Russian and Chinese outlets. On March 2nd, foreign policy reported on Twitter user War Clandestine's post that said, it certainly appears Putin is targeting the cities and locations with U.S. bio uh, with U.S. biolabs present. He is 100% going after alleged bioweapons. You might be. No, 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 for real. Just because there aren't biolabs making weapons doesn't mean Putin doesn't think that, right? So the point is, Putin might hear the story and think, I'm going to go in and see for myself and blow him up. Now, I'm not entirely sure. Well, I'll say this. There's no direct evidence the U.S. is involved in making weapons as far as I've seen. So this could be propaganda and manipulation on either side. And truth be told, when we actually looked at the graphics about biolabs, there was no, they didn't sync up. You have biolabs near major cities. You have Russian attacks near major cities. They didn't align with each other. And people were like, look, they're very close. And I'm like, yeah, you're just pointing to cities, dude. Like if I, if I showed you a map of the US and said, here are all the places where they sell chocolate ice cream and here are all the places they have planned parenthoods. Aha. Well, yeah, you'd see they're close to each other because they're in densely populated urban areas. But let's break this down. There is some truth to this that is not being covered by the U.S. mainstream press. In the same thread, War Clandestine outlined what they said was credible evidence the U.S. had bioweapons in Ukraine. The account, which has since been suspended, was run by an individual named Jacob who appeared to be an American and claimed to have served in the U.S. military per foreign policy. Following the tweet, the QAnon-linked InfoWars platform published an article titled Russian strikes targeting U.S.-run biolabs in Ukraine? Question mark. I'm not a fan of that. Question mark. Come on, guys. You see, I, I, I have no problem criticizing InfoWars. Guys, don't just take some wild speculation, slap a question mark on it, and run it as an article. As um, it's Betridge's law of headlines, I believe it is, and it states that uh, any headline that asks a question can be answered simply by no. Citing information from various Twitter posts, the article claimed that bi U.S. biological weapon laboratories are believed to be operate in many cities that were recently attacked by Russia. You see how they play that game? Recently attacked. Yes, Russia attacked major cities. What if they said these major cities had bakeries? What if they said that they had like metal, steel refineries or something? You'd be like, oh, they're going after their weapons. Don't bring me that speculation. But, you know, I also have some criticism for uh, Business Insider as well. The QAnon-linked Infowars. I'm pretty sure Alex Jones slammed QAnon and a lot of these people and said that they were wrong and they were crazy. So you want to QAnon-linked. What does it even mean? No, seriously, what does it mean? It's meaningless, silly games. Where's the latest news from Reuters? Russia says U.S. has biolabs with plague and anthrax in Ukraine. U.S. calls claim absurd. Now, we had a super chat the other night. Someone said, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. 
Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Ukraine is the only country to get poorer since the fall of the Soviet Union. And you think they're running these biolabs on their own? Hmm. It's an interesting point, but I got to be honest, you need hard evidence. And I also have to be um, brutally truthful. It's, it's going to be impossible or nigh impossible to actually get evidence of any of these claims. I mean, we're talking about military installations. Like if these are actually making bioweapons, we're talking about military applications. You think they're going to allow these leaks? Now, maybe at some point evidence comes out. I don't know. Maybe Russia actually seizes these labs and then this debunked conspiracy turns into a fact only six months later. That seems to be what's happening in the United States. You'll see a story and it turns out to be a hoax. Right now, you got that uh, parental education uh, rights bill in Florida and the left is claiming you can't say gay, which is a complete and total hoax. Just like Covington, just like Hands Up, Don't Shoot, just like Jesse Smollett. They've lost all credibility. Am I going to believe them on this, on this one? I'm not. Truth be told, I'm not going to believe Russia or China either. I don't like those guys. They're going to say, Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova said evidence of the alleged program had been uncovered by Russia during what it calls its military operation in Ukraine, which, it forced, which its forces invaded on February 24th. We get it. A Ukrainian presidential spokesperson said Ukraine strictly denies any such allegation. In response to earlier Russian allegations about the purported military biological program in Ukraine, a Pentagon spokesman said on Tuesday, the, this absurd Russian misinformation is patently false. Zakharova said Russia had documents showing the Ukraine health ministry had ordered the destruction of samples of plague, cholera, anthrax, and other pathogens on February 24th. We can already conclude that in Ukrainian biological laboratories in direct proximity to the territory of our country, development of components of biological weapons were being carried out. It was not possible to independently confirm the authenticity of such documents. Zakharova said the alleged program was financed by the Pentagon. We are not talking here about peaceful uses of scientific or scientific goals. The Biden administration must officially explain to the world officially, not through talking heads about the programs in Ukraine. She said, adding, we demand details. Zakharova said it was not clear if the alleged materials had been destroyed. And she asked if they had fallen into the hands of extremists or nationalists. They say since the 1990s, the two countries have worked together as part of an international agreement aiming to reduce the threat of weapons of mass destruction following the fall of the Soviet Union. That is true. The START Treaty, for instance, and the Budapest Memorandum. Ukraine gave up nuclear weapons. Since 2005, they have also collaborated on preventing outbreaks of infectious diseases, including on vaccine research. In addition, there are public health labs in Ukraine, as in most countries of the world. That research that research other dangerous diseases affecting both animals and humans to better understand how to mitigate those threats. You see, Reuters needs to be a bit more specific here. It sounds like at the bottom of the article, they've buried the lead that the U.S. is working with these labs, collaborating on research. What is going on? I want the truth. We'll take a look at this. 
I had to pull up the story from timesnownews.com. Look, no offense to Times Now News. I've just never heard of you. I can confirm, however, that the story is true and correct. They called it a conspiracy theory. But United States just acknowledged existence of biolabs in Ukraine. In a tweet from Glenn Greenwald, which we highlighted last night, Ukraine has biological research facilities, says Undersecretary of State Victoria Newland when asked by Senator Marco Rubio if Ukraine has biological or chemical weapons and says she's worried about worried Russia may get them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Marco Rubio said he asked, does Ukraine have biological or chemical weapons? He didn't say, are they testing food products? So what is this? Well, um, I only have a minute left. Let me ask you. Um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 slow down a minute here. Let's let's it's a debunked conspiracy theory. Okay, let's play a game. Let's say that these are bio uh, biosafety level two labs. The the biosafety goes up to level four. Let me pull up this uh, this story, uh, this story, but this article. This is from the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine. It is a dot gov website, biological threat reduction program. Ministry of Defense, COVID-19 response assistance. They say on April 11th, 2020, President Zelensky visited the SED unit in Pokrovskoye city, Donetsk Oblast, and familiar, uh, familiarized himself with the capabilities of the mobile laboratories to help military and civilian people during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, maybe that's just COVID-19 stuff. Laboratory construction. The Biological Threat Reduction Program has upgraded many laboratories for the Ministry of Health and the State Food Safety and Consumer Protection Services of Ukraine, reaching biosafety level two. In 2019, BTRP constructed two laboratories for the latter, one in Kiev and one in Odessa. All right, all right, all right. Let's cut to the noise. What we have here is the admission that the U.S. did help build food and safety and consumer protection services in Ukraine, biosafety level two. It doesn't sound like these are the same stories. And I want to make sure we're very, very clear here. But take it all with a grain of salt. Keep in mind, I want you to to assess this. Biological threat reduction program. What's the purpose of this in terms of consumer protection and food safety? Could it be the U.S. is concerned about COVID? Yes, very much so. Does that mean the U.S. is making weapons? No, it doesn't. But I do have questions because if the U.S. is actively providing uh, research upgrades or labs to Ukraine, Who's to say that Ukraine doesn't choose to use them how they see fit? And more importantly, if we go back to what Newland said in this tweet from Glenn Greenwald, she said there's a concern that Russia will get their hands on the research. Now, is it possible that the research in question is like food safety and preparation? Sure. I guess if we spent a bunch of money on this research and then Russia was going to steal it, we'd be upset. But look, let's be real. If you're researching, like, is it safe to eat this, drink this milk after a few weeks? Are you really going to cry if a a Russian invasion happens and they might steal your research on it? Probably not. You're going to be like, it's the lowest of low tier concerns for us. We're doing research on fish. But what if you're doing legitimate biological research? Well, then you're really concerned that Russia may get access to your weapons programs. You see how that works. 
I'm not saying there is a U.S.-backed weapons program. That I don't know for sure. What we can say is that according to the USMC.gov, the U.S. did upgrade and construct two laboratories, one in Kiev and one in Odessa. Interesting. I think it's fair to say this. We don't know. We don't have hard evidence. We don't know what these labs are doing. I think it's fair to say that the U.S. likely is engaged in activities they're not going to disclose to you. I think it's likely to say that Russia would want to invade if we were working on weapons. I also think it's important to point out that in the demands from Russia over the, the war in Ukraine, they never mentioned these labs. I think it's fair to say it's entirely possible that these labs are probably just food safety and consumer protection laboratories. And while the Ukraine, while Ukraine does have legitimate biological research and weapons, probably not U.S. funded. I say probably not only because, well, I shouldn't say probably not, but according to every, all the evidence we have, inconclusive. Right now, the media is saying it's debunked. That's not true. We have no evidence to suggest it's been disproven. Just like, well, just what we can say is no evidence to suggest the stories are true. However, there is, uh, there is a situation of, we have questions. You know, I have questions. I want to see documents. I want to see FOIA requests. And I want to know what the U.S. was doing in Ukraine. I want to know what these labs were doing. It's entirely possible, like with Dr. Fauci, the U.S. provided funding to labs that then went and did work that we did not like or that we would not have liked had we known about it. Right. So the U.S. banned gain of function research. Fauci gave funding to Equal Health Alliance. Equal Health Alliance engaged in gain of function research. and Then Fauci denied it. I don't believe it. I, I think there's a there's a lot of BS here. Active research projects. They say the biological threat reduction program supports many collaborative research projects through which Ukraine and American scientists work together. A few examples, risk assessment of selected avian EDPs potentially carried by migratory birds over Ukraine. Now, let me just hold on. If the U.S. and Ukraine are working together in these biolabs to uh, assess pathogens, doesn't that mean these biolabs have diseases there? Maybe Russia is taking the worst possible interpretation in China as well. But maybe the U.S. just lying about it. Prevalence of Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever virus and hantavirus in Ukraine and the potential requirement for differential diagnosis of suspect, sus- suspect leptospirosis patients. Okay, slow down there a minute. If you're doing research on Congo hemorrhagic fever and hantaviruses, wouldn't you have those viruses in the lab? How else would you research them if you didn't? The spread of African swine fever in domestic pigs and wild boars. ASF biosurveillance and ASF regional risk assessment, a field to plate survey. Okay, maybe what we have here is the U.S. is investigating and researching biological pathogens. So just try and keep the language simmered down. Russia's claiming they're doing it for weapon purposes. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. That's Russia in a war trying to make the U.S. look bad. It could just be that the U.S. is researching these things to better understand them. Call it what you want, man. I don't see evidence of weaponization. I just see food and safety. But I have to wonder why the media is not covering it. That I find to be one of the most interesting factors here. Now, we have a story from yesterday today inside America's secretive bio labs from 2015. Vials of bioterror bacteria have gone missing. Lab mice infected with deadly viruses have escaped. And wild rodents have been found making nests with research waste. Cattle infected in a university's vaccine experiments were repeatedly sent to slaughter and their meat sold for human consumption. Gear meant to protect lab workers from lethal viruses such as Ebola and bird flu has failed repeatedly. A USA Today network investigation 
reveals that hundreds of lab mistakes, safety violations, and near-miss incidents have occurred in biological laboratories coast-to-coast in recent years, putting scientists, their colleagues, and sometimes even the public at risk. Well, there you go. Why is USA USA Today investigating this back in 2015? Could they see the future? This story would probably never get written today. But of course, it's true. I mean, we know a lot, a lot about these stories. Biosafety level four labs. I have questions about what's happening in Ukraine with these bio labs. I would simply say that because Putin has not used them as leverage, they're probably not a factor and it's probably manipulation. It's probably Russian propaganda. I mean, this time I mean it. Could also be that Russia is trying to deflect the narrative to keep people from thinking they're going after the bio labs when they really are. It would explain such aggressive action in the country invading Kharkiv and going into Kiev because they want more than just the eastern region, perhaps. Or perhaps it's just a distraction, an excuse to demoralize Americans, to convince them that it's not, you know, that that the, uh, nothing uh, untoward is, is happening or to convince Americans that, uh, or I should say, on the part of the mainstream media to convince Americans that everything's on the level and we're fine, and on the part of the Russians to try and trick Americans into thinking that they're doing nefarious things. I don't know. You decide for yourself. In the meantime, let's talk about where we're at in this war. Russia is set to default on its debts imminently as sanctions smash the country's economy, Fitch Ratings warns. It's going to ripple. It's going to hit everything. You're going to feel it. They say, as of the morning of March 9th, one U.S. dollar was equal to 133 Russian rubles. Before the invasion, it was 84 rubles to one U.S. dollar. So that means for those that are living in Russia, it's becoming harder and harder to pay for, uh, pay for imports. Goods that come in from outside the country and likely fuels. However, Russia has a lot of fuel because they're mostly energy independent. So they don't need to worry about this all that much. They don't need to worry about, they don't need to worry about using the petrodollar to buy. They're just going to use their own oil. As for imported goods, computers, cameras, electronics, cars, etc., that's going to be a problem for Russia. As for local food, not so much. But I'll tell you what the big problem is. Russia opened the door. They opened the door to big corporations. Coca-Cola and PepsiCo join boycott, cease operations in Russia. Brands including McDonald's, Starbucks, Netflix, and Apple have all stopped offering their products in Russia, something that many argue hurts average Russians more than Vladimir Putin. It's true. If Vladimir Putin wants a Big Mac, he's getting a Big Mac. No joke. Vladimir Putin can look to his ranking officer and say, I want a number one meal from McDonald's. Go make it happen. And you know what will happen? Let me tell you. You've got McDonald's in Russia. You got tons of them. They're shutting down. What will happen is these military guys can simply go to the go to the building, break it open and say, make the burger. Maybe there's nobody there because they've shut down. They can make the burger. More importantly, they can order it in a neighboring country. They can order a burger from Ukraine and put it on a private plane and fly it to Vladimir Putin if he really wanted to. Things like this don't happen, though, because it's ridiculous, because in reality, who really cares? Timcast.com reports, quote, Our hearts are with the people who are enduring unconscionable effects from these tragic events in Ukraine, Coca-Cola said in a brief statement. We will continue to monitor and assess the situation as circumstances evolved. In their much longer statement, Pepsi said, as many of you know, we've been operating in Russia for more than 60 years, and we have a place in many Russian homes. Pepsi-Cola entered the market at the height of the Cold War and helped create common ground between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. However, given the horrific events occurring in Ukraine, we are announcing the suspension of the sale of Pepsi-Cola and our global beverage brands in Russia, including 7-Up and Mirinda. 
We will also be suspending capital investments and all advertising and promotional activities in Russia. I heard a story that there was um, some Russian party leader who loved Coke, but he couldn't get it because it was a Western product. So he had a version of it made clear and carried around in a vodka bottle. So people thought he was drinking good old Russian made vodka, but it was actually like crystal Coke or something like that. I don't know if that story is true, but perhaps just apocryphal or been legend. Timcast reports. However, the company said that they will continue to offer essentials such as milk, baby formula, and baby food for humanitarian reasons. They added, this will also allow them to continue to pay their workers. As a food and beverage company, we now more than ever, we must stay true to the humanitarian aspect of our business. That means we have a responsibility to continue to offer our other products in Russia, including daily essentials such as milk and other dairy offerings, baby formula and baby food. By continuing to operate, we will also continue to support the livelihoods of our 20,000 Russian associates and the 40,000 Russian agricultural workers in our supply chain as they face significant challenges and uncertainty ahead. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's interesting. If the U.S. were to declare war, I think they'd have no choice but to cut off all operations. Or. Pepsi in Russia would break away and become its own Russian entity. Probably. They say in addition, Pepsi said they will be helping provide aid to Ukrainian refugees in neighboring nations, noting they have already provided food, milk, and refrigerators to relief organizations. We are also donating the total, a total of $4 million to the Red Cross in Poland, World Vision in Romania, and the World Food Program, World Central Kitchen, and Save the Children. And we continue to match up to $1 million raised from PepsiCo employees through our gift matching campaign. Coca-Cola which also has several bottling plants in the nation, has not provided any details about what will happen to its workers. McDonald's, which has closed its 850 restaurants in the nation, has said that they will, they will be continuing to pay their 62,000 employees. Starbucks has also vowed to continue to pay its 2,000 Russian employees. So still funding the Russian economy, I suppose. Pick one. Now we're learning that KFC in Russia, the parent company Yum Brands, will close 70 of its fried chicken restaurants, as well as its Pizza Hut locations, it joins a growing list of American companies pulling out of the country. This one matters because it was after the fall of the Soviet Union. I believe it was after. I think it was, and I think it was Gorbachev. I was a little kid. He ate Pizza Hut and it was like stuffed crust and everyone was like, he brought Pizza Hut into the Soviet Union. American capitalism. And yeah, the Soviet Union fell. Soviet nations were poor, were starving, were struggling. And it's crazy how powerful they were, but I think the Soviet Union proves the point I make often about the efficiency and inefficiency of authoritarian regimes. Russia did tremendous things in terms of getting into outer space. Snap of the finger, and they had this work getting done. But over time, the entire system degraded because centralized authority, much like royal incest, ultimately results in collapse. You need meritocracy. Authoritarian regimes don't have it. They tell you what to do and when to do it. They take the farming equipment away from the farmers and give it to the farm workers based on some dumb ideology. But farm workers don't know how to operate an entire farm. And the farmers were the ones running the show. Certainly the farm workers help in tilling the fields, but they don't know this, that, or otherwise in terms of management and organizational power. Communism just eventually breaks down. 
In the first couple of generations of communism, you can take people's wealth and apply it as you see fit. But eventually you start appointing people based on party loyalty and not ability. In capitalism, you need meritocracy. The funny thing I think about the left when they talk about um, communism and capitalism is they conflate corporatism and crony capitalism with capitalism. Capitalism is just you control what you what you make. You sell your labor as you see fit. The problem is the left says, yeah, but if you're selling your labor and then someone is making money off your labor, they're exploiting you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I asked a bunch of socialists. I said, what if I hire someone and I pay them less than they make? Like, let's say I have an employee and I'm like, I'm going to pay them $60,000 a year. And they only bring in $30,000 a year. What's, what's your response to that? They don't have one. Because they don't understand that some people have jobs that, are facil- that, that facilitate production but they don't make any money and you don't need them. No, truth be told, because of regulation and laws, you end up having to hire certain people just because of the regulations. They don't make money. They cost you money. Are you exploiting their labor? They don't make you any money. You see, that's how the game is played. Well, I wonder what's going to happen to Russia. I want to say this. McDonald's, Coke, Pepsi, KFC, these credit card companies, everybody pulling out. I look at this and I'm just like, the Russian people are going to get so healthy. I really do mean it. I don't think they'll starve. I think quality of, quali- quality of life will go down for many of these Russians. And for that, I am certainly not you know, diminishing. But I think you get rid of a lot of this fast food and people are going to be forced to start eating, I don't know, fresh vegetables. They're going to be forced to be eating you know, more, uh, less processed foods. I'll put it that way. It's going to make people generally healthier. They're going to be detached from the metaverse, figurative, not the actual Facebook one. They're going to be detached from the grid, from the system, and they're going to start discovering their own lives again. And I think it might end up making many Russian people substantially more healthy. That's bad news for the U.S. Because hard times make strong men. And the Russian people are about to experience hard times, but it's going to strengthen them up. I do think there will be suffering, potential starvation among some groups, and strife. I don't want that for any of these people. Because of what's happening, though, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. You can blame the Russian people for what's happening. I think it's ridiculous. Now, over in Ukraine, they've banned, ex, uh, they've banned exports of agricult, uh, agriculture that are crucial, a crucial part of the global food supplies. This will have an impact on you. It means that your food is going to get more expensive. Your gas is going to get more expensive because of Russia. Your food is going to get more expensive because of Ukraine. And then both are going to get more expensive because of each other. It's all intertwined. In order to get oil, people have to work. In order to get people to work, you got to pay them well. You got to pay them well because people need food. But if food becomes more expensive, these people are going to demand more money. You're then going to have to charge more, charge more for your oil because it costs more to source. Then because the oil costs more, it's harder to transport goods. And thus, the cycle begins. I don't know where we're headed, but it does feel like things may be getting worse. I don't know, though. I, 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 truth be told, in the past couple of days, it's, it feels pretty stagnant. The question is, what is true? That's the hardest thing to understand, and I don't know. Hopefully, this video was informative enough for you to decide for yourself, and I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We keep getting stories about the threat of nuclear radiation leaking out in Ukraine. First, it was the Zaporizhia power plant. They were saying that Russia was shelling the reactors and Ukraine was like, we need a no-fly zone now. This could be the destruction of Europe. It's not true. There was no real fear of elevated radiation emitting from these power plants. 
I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on nuclear power, mind you. I'm just reading the reports from international agencies. The U.S. has been very resistant to enacting a no-fly zone. They don't want to do it. It would be war with Russia. Well, now we have this story. Ukraine's Chernobyl nuclear power plant loses power, sparking fear of radiation leaks. I suppose the headline is good for clicks. I suppose for many news organizations, it, I mean, it's a legitimate headline, right? I just want to make sure that you all know right away before we even get started with anything, there is no risk of an explosion. Chernobyl, uh, there, there is still the elephant's, elephant's foot, this big, you know, meltdown. I believe it's the core that melted down. There is a risk, you know, obviously if they lose power, but it's not going to be an explosion or anything like that. Still bad. Still bad. Right now, my understanding is that the power plant is operating on emergency power. But what I want to focus on here is, you know, let's, let's definitely talk about this, this uh, radiation, potential leaks and fear. But I think this is more so pressure tactics, fear tactics to try and get the U.S. to enter the war. Now, the Biden administration can say all day and night that they don't want a no-fly zone. They don't want to be involved. You know, Poland right now wants to send these MiG air, these fighter jets to uh, Ukrainians. And the U.S. is like, what? Are you crazy? So it seems like the U.S. is resistant. Good. Let's keep it that way. I don't like seeing Ukraine be invaded, but I don't want the U.S. to be engaged in wars in Eastern Europe, especially when a southern border requires some serious assistance. But I'm wondering if it's all just one big theater play. The administration, the Biden administration and other government officials will just be like, no, 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 we, 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 we don't want to be in this war until something serious happens. And they say, oh, gee, oh, oh, well, now we have no choice. Then they'll play this game where they're like, we were always opposed to coming in. Don't blame us. See, the curious thing is people in the United States do not like war. So how is it that we often end our, uh, find ourselves in war so often? Well, there's usually something that happens to us, and then we have to join the war, and then all of a sudden you get the president seeing a massive spike in their approval rating. So maybe Biden can come out and be like, we don't want war, and we won't enter the war, and then his, his approval rating will go up a little bit, and it did, I believe. And then something will happen with a radiation leak, or who knows, and then, and then Biden's going to be like, now we have no choice. The, this, you know, the free world depends on it. Jesse Waters was saying the other day that um, if Biden came out and gave an actual reason as to why the U.S. was facing a security threat over what was happening in Ukraine, you know, maybe we can listen to it, but he's not done that. I'm, so, so as far as I'm concerned, and I'm not saying he wants to, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Biden is just like, nah, we ain't doing this. But Putin is kind of a bad dude hanging out with some bad boys. Well, let's read this story from Fox News. But my friends, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. Why, you say? Because today's my birthday. That's right. March 9th is my birthday. I'm officially 36 years old. And if you would like to help celebrate my birthday, my only birthday wishes help support our journalists who report every day over at TimCast.com. You will also get access to TimCast IRL podcast exclusive. We swear a whole lot. I was really angry yesterday because of the um, parental rights and education bill that just passed in Florida, how the media has been lying about it, or the Democrats, I should say, lied about it. The media just goes along with the Democrats' lies, and it's quite annoying. So truth be told, full disclosure, we had a story go up today that did a much, much better job saying like the bill was dubbed Don't Say Gay by Democrats. My reaction to the team was like, guys, you know what? Get rid of that phrase. Don't do it. Let's just report the news. I know the issue is the reason you know we were thinking of doing it it's because that's how people understand the bill. But I'm like, I'm not playing that game. 
The bill is the parental education, parental rights and education bill. That's what we'll call it. We can absolutely discuss what Democrats and Republicans are saying. But we got we to gotta break away from those lies and manipulations. So if you do like the work uh, that we're doing here, if you like uh, the work we do at TimCast.com, and you would like to get me a birthday gift, just sign up, become a member, help support our work. We're expanding. Uh, think, you know, times are getting crazy. So by all means, take care of yourself. Make sure you're um, being responsible to your family and all that stuff. But uh, I mean, help support our work. Uh, also, smash that like button on this video. I normally don't say that on these videos, but, you know, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show. Let's read the story from Fox News. The Chernobyl plant in Ukraine is disconnected from the grid due to damage inflicted by Russian occupying forces, sparking concern of radioactive contamination if the cooling of spent nuclear fuel stops. The 750 kV Chernobyl Kiev high voltage line is currently disconnected due to damage by the occupiers. Energodom, uh, or the state run National Nuclear Energy Generating Company of Ukraine, said Wednesday the Chernobyl station and all nuclear facilities of the exclusion zone are without electricity. The regulator explained that there are about 20,000 spent fuel assemblies stored at the facility that require constant cooling. Without electricity to cool the pumps, the temperature in the holding pools will increase, prompting the release of radioactive substances into the environment. The only electrical grid supplying the Chernobyl NPP and all of its nuclear facilities occupied by Russian army is damaged. Ukrainian Foreign Affairs Minister Dmitry Kubela, I'm sorry, Kuleba, tweeted Wednesday, CNPP lost electricity supply. I call on the international community to urgently demand Russia to cease fire and allow repair units to restore power supply. Guess what? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. We heard all the lies about uh, Zaporizhia when they were like, oh, it's going to leak and it's going to be a catastrophe. And then some international nuclear regulatory agency was like, there's no radiation. That's not true. It was not true. Apparently, Russia was selling like administrative buildings and not reactors or I, I, I don't know. The point is, we know Ukraine desperately wants Western intervention. I get it. I really do. You know, I, I they're fighting for their lives. I don't see why we should be getting involved. I really, really don't. We're not the world police. There's a conflict between Ukraine and Russia. What do you do? Although I, I, although I will say that there are many neolibs and neocons who certainly believe that we are the world police and do want to intervene. These are the kinds of narratives that will get us dragged in. But I want to point out the, ma- the main issue here. When you lie and you are clearly trying to manipulate us into getting involved in your war, and then this happens, don't be surprised if we say, boy cried wolf. Now, I don't want Chernobyl to leak any radiation or anything like that. So fine, perhaps we do need some kind of assessment on this to verify whether it's true or not. I don't know how you solve for these problems. They're going to say reserve diesel generators have a 48-hour capacity to power the Chernobyl NPP. After that, cooling systems of the storage facility for spent nuclear fuel will stop, making radiation leaks imminent. Putin's barbaric wars puts entire Europe in danger. He must stop it immediately. You see the game they're playing? I don't believe him. I just don't believe him. Wind can transfer the radioactive cloud to other regions of Ukraine, Belarus, Russia, and Europe, according to Energodom. Ventilation at the facility also won't function without electricity. So some 210 captured technical personnel and guards who have been working to maintain the facility since Russian forces took control of the site two weeks ago, risk exposure to radiation. The fire extinguishing system is down, posing a dangerous risk if missiles were to strike the plant. Fighting is currently underway, making it impossible to carry out repairs and restore power, Energodom said. The city of Slavutich is also without electricity. The International Atomic Energy Agency said Ukraine informed them of the power loss at Chernobyl. And Director General Rafael Mariano Grossi said the development violated a key safety pillar 
on ensuring on an uninterrupted power supply. As of now, the IAEA does not see a critical impact on safety. You see how that works? The, look, either the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, is lying to us or there's no critical impact on safety. And what this really is, is Ukraine desperately trying to fan the flames and make us all freak out so that the U.S. gets involved or so that NATO gets involved. I'm not a fan. The IAEA had warned Tuesday that the same shift had been on duty at the Chernobyl NPP since the day before the Russian military entered, meaning the staff have been in effect living there for two weeks. Grossi has repeatedly stressed that staff operating nuclear facilities must be able to rest and work in regular shifts, stating this is crucial for overall nuclear safety. I can respect that for sure. I'm deeply concerned about the difficult and stressful situations facing the staff at Chernobyl nuclear power plant and the potential risks this entails for nuclear safety, Grossi said in a statement. I call on the forces in effective control of, of the site to urgently facilitate the safe rotation of personnel there. Regarding the status of Ukraine's operational nuclear power plants, the regulator said eight of the country's 15 reactors were operating, including two at the Zaporizhia NPP controlled since last week by Russian forces, and that the plant's personnel were working in shifts. Now, I want to show you what we're seeing already. We have this from Morning Joe. As of this morning, this is MSNBC. Former Ukraine president pleads for no-fly zone. Nuclear contamination doesn't have borders. And there it is. Like clockwork. Poroshenko comes out, you know, and he's like, ah, nuclear contamination. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I think there's a risk. It is kind of worrying. But of course, that's the go-to narrative. But let's be, let's be fair and balanced. I mean, what if they're right? No, seriously, what if they're right? If Russia is acting indiscriminately in their invasion and they're not concerned about the collateral damage, well, there could be some serious, serious crises. My understanding is that there will not be an explosion or anything like that, but it could still be bad. I have this Twitter thread from Sleepy Neutrons. I don't know who Sleepy Neutrons is, former Navy nuke, now a senior reactor operator, tweeted this, waking up to another Chernobyl scare with a reminder to stay calm. It is impossible for the core in reactor four to explode again. Current reports are of a blackout. If there is still spent fuel in the pools, this may be a concern, but not as much as you might think. The final operating reactor three shut down in 2000. In the 22 years since shutdown, the decay heat and the spent fuel has lowered by several orders of magnitude. It's well past the point where it can be, where it can be put in dry cask storage, which was an ongoing process in the facility. So what do we do to cool the fuel in an in a SFP with no power? Let the pool uh, boil. No joke. Replace the lost water and the hottest uh, and the hottest the pool and fuel ever get is 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Diesel driven up uh, diesel driven pumps can easily maintain the needed inventory and cool the fuel until the grid is restored. Assuming worst case is in worst case incompetence or even malice by Russia. It, it still wouldn't be another event like 1986. That was a unique occurrence precipitated by poor design and operation. Melting fuel is bad, but with no dispersal mechanisms of prompt criti uh, criticality and burning graphite, it would have at worst local effects. I find, I, I find even that unlikely. The workers there are not fools and will take required actions to maintain cooling until the grid returns. All that being said, I sure do wish Russia would knock it the F off. P.S. I'm working today, so don't won't be on here much. Look and share more, blah, blah, blah. I don't know who this person is. Maybe it's all crackpot nonsense. It's just a Twitter thread. But uh, I did see a lot of people uh, uh, sharing this in response to people saying, oh, oh radiation. No, no, no. We got to make sure that we're not going to uh, um, 
be getting involved in this, man. Uh, I, I understand this could be bad, but I'm always going to err on the side of they are trying to make us panic. And Chernobyl is a scary word. It really is. Ceasefire agreed around several Ukrainian cities to allow civilians to depart, according to what's happening on Twitter. Over the political playbook, limited no-fly zone gained steam among foreign policy elite. Now, this is interesting. They say, let's unpack the no-fly zone. The group of 27 foreign policy heavyweights has signed an open letter to the Biden administration calling for a limited no-fly zone. The campaign is led by Robert McConnell, co-founder of the U.S.-Ukraine Foundation. As you've no doubt read by now, a no-fly zone over Ukraine has been ruled out by Biden and a wide cross-section of foreign policy leaders. Marco Rubio succinctly described the idea as leading to World War III. To set up a no-fly zone, NATO, Americans, uh, American pilots would first have to destroy Russian air defenses to enforce a no-fly zone. NATO would have to shoot down Russian planes that violate it. Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin warned Saturday that Russia would view any nation declaring a no-fly zone as participants of the military conflict. It's one of the few things that Biden and Putin seem to agree on. A no-fly zone would start a war between NATO and Russia. And I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of media coming out claiming that Ukraine's winning. I don't believe it. I do not believe that Ukraine, and I like Ukraine, can, can uh, hold off Russia. Russia's military forces are like around what, like 50 to 60 percent of NATO? They have a massive military presence, not as big as NATO, mind you. They got more nukes, though. And Ukraine is holding their own. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't buy it. And if they really are holding their own, it's because of NATO support. That's for sure. They say in their new letter, these signatories are calling for something a little different. They say, we, the undersigned, urge the Biden administration together with NATO allies to impose a limited no-fly zone over Ukraine, starting with protection for humanitarian corridors that were agreed upon in talks between Russian and Ukrainian officials on Thursday. NATO leaders should convey to Russian officials that they do not seek direct confrontation with Russian forces, but they also, but they must also make clear that they will not countenance Russian attacks on civilian areas. This strikes us as a sincere attempt to answer the nagging question that many in the West have about wanting to do something about the humanitarian catastrophe Putin has unleashed without escalating into a potential nuclear conflict. It's an interesting idea. Um, I, I think if there's a negotiation, there's diplomacy, and Russia agrees then by all means, we say in this particular area, corridors that allow civilians to safely and freely walk and drive out of these out of these conflict zones. I think it makes sense. Now, of course, Russia may say no, because it would just be a precursor to a full blown no fly zone. And it would mean that Russia would have to allow Western forces into Ukraine to enforce it. Russia could just say, I'll tell you what, we'll enforce the no fly zone. Stay out. So I see this as just more bluster, I suppose. Of course, Zelensky is, um, yeah, he won't, he won't, he won't stop. Again, I don't blame the president of Ukraine saying we need a no-fly zone because of the humanitarian catastrophe, but I'm just, um, I'm annoyed by it at this point. 
I'm annoyed. And it's kind of like when someone keeps asking to borrow your car. You know, I, I, I don't want to downplay that it's a war, but it's like someone comes to you and they're involved in a lawsuit. There's there's fighting and people are getting hurt and stuff like that. I know it's war. I know it's very different. This analogy maybe isn't the best, but it's like someone they won't shut up. And you're like, dude, I can't get involved in your conflict. And they're like, bro, just let me use your car, man. Come on. You're like, dude, I do not want to be involved in your fight with your neighbor. And so then they go, oh, no, but, you know, look, now the, the, the sewage is leaking. You better give me your car. It's like, dude, shut up. I'm tired of hearing it. You're not getting my car. Go home. This is what we're getting with Zelensky. It is not incumbent upon us to save you. Sorry. I get it, man. You're in serious trouble. I'll give you maybe, maybe a better analogy is someone is, is, is trapped in a burning building. And they're screaming, just come in and help us. You know, this person's in the, in the front of the building and there are people trapped and like you come in and help us. And you're like, dude, I don't have the capability to risk going into a burning building to, I, I could get hurt. I'm sorry it's happening to you. I can't do it. But uh, I, I suppose the bigger analogy is that the risk would be if you go in, the fire could spread. And that's the real analogy. Maybe the real analogy is just, you don't need one. Maybe you just say, Zelensky, stop asking. We don't want Russia nuking us, okay? Does that mean that Russia and these other countries get to do whatever they want? Unfortunately, it may. If Ukraine doesn't have the capabilities to defend themselves, what can you do? This is, this is how humanity has been. Do we want to risk thermonuclear war over Ukraine? Sorry, I don't. It's a scary thought. Because it means that Putin knows he can use the threat of nuclear weapons and just keep doing whatever he wants. This idea that if we try to stop him, he'd nuke us is remarkable because people like to talk about mutually assured destruction. And I'm like, well, all right, sure. Putin's up the ante, right? Think of it this way. The idea of mad is that if you nuke the city of another country, they'll nuke you back. Everybody dies. Okay, well, Russia invaded and we can't even counter that because they'll nuke us. You see? That's why I don't like the concept of mutually assured destruction. I get it. But we're not even dealing with that in the real world. The real world is Russia says, are you scared of nukes? We go, yes. He goes, okay, I'm going to invade and do whatever I want because I'm less scared than you. Welcome to the negotiating table. This is how it works, man. I, I've been in many business meetings and negotiations. And I tell you, you have the advantage and the leverage when you don't need what they offer you. I'll put it this way. I've gone to big meetings with big companies, some of the biggest networks. And they're like, Tim, we want to hire you. And I said, I would like exorbitant amount of money. And they go, we can't pay that. And I said, okay, then I'll leave. I don't know, whatever. I don't need what you got, so I don't care. You've got no power over me. Now, if you're in desperate need of a job, you go in and they can then say to you, we're going to pay you half what you're worth. Take it or leave it. And you're sweating bullets. And you're like, I have no choice. In this instance, Russia has all of the power. Why? Because at the negotiating table, they're the ones sitting back saying, you've destroyed our economy. You've cut off our citizens from global networks. We are being pressed upon by NATO to the point where we just have nothing left to lose. And that means we can go all in. Now, the reality is the U.S. has got a pretty decent poker hand. NATO has got some pretty good cards. So you got these, you know, 20 some odd people playing poker against Vladimir Putin and Belarus, mind you. And we know, we know that Putin's got a pretty good hand. He's got the nukes. Pocket rockets. This is the analogy I used the other day. Now, when the flop hits, when the community cards hit, 
it's possible that all of us might actually pull this off. The, th the thing is, on the, oh, on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the pocket cards, Russia went all in. Straight up dumped those chips on the board and said, come after me and you'll face the consequences. Does anybody really want to go up against that much pressure? They don't. So for the U.S. and NATO, they're like, look, I may be in on the big blind or the small blind, but I'm going to fold the hand. It's not, it's, not, it's not a bad hand, but I know that Putin's willing to go nuts and he's got pocket rockets. Here's the issue. What if every hand Putin has pocket rockets? What if he invades Ukraine and keeps going? And then what? We can only just hope that Vladimir Putin wants to stop here. We can only just say, hopefully, he's sincere about just wanting these areas of Ukraine. I don't know if I believe it. Maybe, maybe. But if Vladimir Putin really does feel pressed upon by the U.S., why would he stop now? Every few years, he'll do the same thing, at least for the next 10 years or so. Because dude's getting on in, in his old age. Maybe the U.S. just thinks, we'll wait it out. Vladimir Putin will not be around forever, and Russia will eventually fall into the fold and become just another block nation. You know, Germany used to be a great power, and they got crushed, and now they're EU block. Russia's still a great power, not as big as they used to be. But eventually, without Putin, they lose that strongman leadership. Russia may just say, look, we just, wanna, we just want oil. We just want, you know, better standard of living. And our people just want to play, you know, they want to use Facebook. Maybe that's the reality. Putin wants the, the Russian empire. He wants it back. I don't know. Will Putin go, not, go all out? I suppose we'll wait and see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The magic has died. Disney employees are outraged that their company won't speak out about the, quote, don't say gay bill. A bill which, of course, doesn't actually exist because there is no bill in Florida prohibiting the saying of the word gay or trans. There is no bill in Florida that prohibits teachers from talking to students about gender identity or sexual orientation. Aha, but wait. Now you want to get technical, get more nuanced. There is a bill called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. You probably heard me talk about it yesterday quite a bit. This does prevent teachers from withholding information from parents, and it does prevent classroom discussions on gender and identity for kids preschool to third grade. I want to I make sure I'm very, very clear for anybody who has seen Don't Say Gay or watched SNL and needs some help understanding this, because I will, I, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to, I want to talk to you about the controversy and how the media is lying about this, but let me just outright point out the law here. This is from the Florida House of Representatives. I want to show you outright what it says. It says, prohibits classroom discussions about orientation identity in certain grade levels. Of course, that is pre-K to third grade. To clarify, because I believe even Ben Shapiro is technically incorrect on this one. This is one of the biggest issues I have with propaganda campaigns. The right has fallen for this trap perfectly. Even Ben Shapiro is saying it prohibits, you know, parents from instilling their gender value. Uh, I'm sorry. It prohibits teachers from instilling their gender values in kids without parental consent. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. With this bill passing. A teacher can still go up to a child and say whatever they want about identity or orientation. It's like people haven't even investigated 
It's like even conservatives heard the left say, don't say gay. And instead of saying that bill does not exist, they said either. Well, for the most part, many said, I think the bill is correct. Now, of course, there are many people calling out the bill saying, I'm sorry, calling out the left saying it's an anti-groomer bill. I've said that too, somewhat facetiously. Like, you know, if we're going to, if they want to use these word games, we'll counter the narrative. But the reality is this doesn't even stop teachers from grooming kids. The reality here is this bill has everything to do with medical, physical, mental well-being of a child, period. It does include the phrase orientation or identity, but it only prohibits classroom discussions. That is to say, a teacher saying, okay, class, today we're going to talk about this, that, or otherwise. They can still talk to the kids in private or even groups of kids or even special presentations. Yet for some reason, what we're hearing across the board is that it's the don't say gay bill. Well, the funniest story here is what the Democrats have done is they've imagined a problem in their mind, then panicked about that problem that doesn't exist, then started complaining to corporations to condemn something that isn't happening. It's truly remarkable. The magic has died. I love this. Disney employees are angry because Disney won't condemn this. BuzzFeed reports Disney employees ranging from characters in theme parks to writers on their TV shows are speaking out against their employer. After reports, the company donated money to politicians sponsoring the so-called don't say gay bill. I think it's uh, ridiculous. And, and, and I, don't, I don't really care to get into the Disney aspect of the story. I want to get into the controversy aspect of the story because I want to make sure you truly understand as I show you the facts that the Democrats created a problem in their own minds and are now crying about it. Here's what I have to say to all the Republicans. Look, I like Ben Shapiro. He's an all right dude. You know, he's pretty cool. I've been on his show. I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. But I have I have questions. All right. So Mark Hamill tweeted <clears throat> and I'm I'm uh, quoting here. Gay, 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 gay. Okay, I'm not going to say gay that many times, but I think he posted it. What is this? Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Wow. So what does he got here? Just like 70 or so times he said the word gay. Why? Because Occupy Democrats posted a fake tweet Florida students spoke loud and clear this weekend against the GOP's bill to cancel free speech and LGBTQ people, and they're going to say gay anyway. Oh, man, there's just so much to break down here. I would like to make this video. I would like people who believe the Democrats to watch this video and to argue that I'm wrong, by all means. First, I'll start by saying this. Teachers who work for government institutions are on government payroll. They are not granted free speech. They are the government. The government is restricted from inhibiting your speech, but the government can tell the government what they can or can't speak about. That's the simple part. That means the Florida legislature can tell Florida government employees they can't say certain things. Now, perhaps there are some questions about private schools. I'm not sure this covers private schools. It says requires district school boards to adopt measures. So I think if you're in a private school, you can still say whatever you want. All right. And that's important. The other thing is it only has to do with seven year, like eight year olds and below third graders to pre-K. And it doesn't stop teachers from discussing these things semi-privately or in special settings. It's just no sex ed in the classroom, essentially, for kids preschool to third grade. That's it. 
How is that unreasonable? And how does that target the LGBTQ community? It doesn't. So let me get back to this tweet and I'll show you where I believe Ben is incorrect. Ben Shapiro tweeted, so I take it you wish to indoctrinate small children into gender and sex ideology because that's the only reason you're parroting idiotic propaganda. We then had Ted Lieu respond to Ben Shapiro saying, dear Ben Shapiro, being gay is being human, just like being straight is being human. We are all God's children. Only a homophobe like you would equate being gay as an ideology or as propaganda. You see, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my issue is with Ben Shapiro. Um, as I stated, I, I think I think Ben's pretty great, to be completely honest. I'm a big fan of the Daily Wire. I'm a big fan of what they do. Just in this particular context, I believe he has made a critical error. Indoctrinate small children into gender and sex ideology, because that's the only reason you're parroting this idiotic propaganda. Ben, you're wrong. They're still allowed to. Teachers in Florida are still allowed to. This this statement has nothing to do with Hamilton saying. Now, if Ben came out and said, Mark, you fundamentally misunderstand the bill. Teachers are not only allowed to say gay, they're still allowed to say gay, trans or otherwise to children who are four years old. All this does is prevent classroom discussion. I know I said it a million times. Ted Lieu then conflates this to being like Ben Shapiro is a homophobe, which then brings us to Ben Shapiro saying, dear Ted Lieu, I am wondering why you believe it is the role of schools to indoctrinate small children with your gender and sexual values without parental permission, because that's what this bill stops and you should stop lying about it. Ben, you're wrong. You are incorrect. The bill does not stop this. You see, what really grinds my gears is that Democrats started calling the bill the don't say gay bill. Republicans believed what the Democrats were saying about it. And now everyone seems to have forgotten that quite literally it it is just about parents having a right to know what's happening to their kids. The bulk of the bill is that teachers must inform parents. Am I, am I, do I keep saying teachers? Parents have a right to know. If something happens to their kid, He's got to tell him. Give you some scenarios. Kid falls down and stubs his toe. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's bruised and his toe may be broken. The teacher must inform the parents. The teacher cannot tell the child to hide the injury from their parents. There's a wide variety of things this bill covers. Let's say a kid slips and falls in the school and, you know, hurts his leg. And the teacher talks to the principal and the principal says, we are going to get sued. Tell the kid not to say anything to his parents. Now you can't do that. You can't. Ron DeSantis had an absolutely amazing slam. Check out this video from Twitter. Let me, play, let me, let me, uh, let me play this video. Here we go. Okay, it's like almost impossible to hear. But someone asks Ron DeSantis about the parental rights and education bill. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It's hard to hear, but for, for, for grades pre-K through three, so five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. There you go. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So we everyone starts clapping. And then everyone clapped like the meme suggests. Reporter says, I want to ask you about the parental rights bill, banning discussions of gay or whatever. And Ron DeSantis says, where in the bill does it say that? Where? And they say, well, it says classroom discussions. And he's like, for five, six and seven year olds. Now, here's my favorite part. Ladies and gentlemen, in response to Ben Shapiro's tweet, 
Good friend of the show and good friend of mine, Ariel Scarcella, says, I've read the bill and I live in Florida and agree with it. Heavens, but Ariel, you yourself are a lesbian. Certainly you must be opposed to this. I love this response from Underground Man. He says, I agree that parents should sue any school districts that allow discussion involving straight marriage or heteronormative gender identity since the bill bans encouraging any discussion of orientation or identity. These people have no idea what they're talking about. The bill literally does ban this. And I have no issue with it. And I don't think anyone else does. This is one of the issues I'm taking with Ben Shapiro's tweet. The school He's acting like it is specifically targeting LGBTQ stuff. It doesn't. The bill will prevent a teacher from telling a six-year-old about a, an adult human male, an adult human female, copulating. If the school, if Florida says we don't want sex ed for eight-year-olds and under, sure, whatever. You see, the idea that this has anything to do with the LGBTQ community, uh, LGBTQ community is complete politicization. Oh, I hate that word. Politicizing. You see, what happened was, yes, let's be totally real. Some components of this bill were born specifically out of LGBTQ ideology, and a blanket bill was created. But the bill doesn't prevent what the left is claiming it prevents. Now, certainly, the reason there's a provision in the bill that says that teachers or school district personnel can't discourage uh, the, uh, or prohibit parental notification and involvement of critical decisions and uh, affecting students' mental health, emotional, or physical well-being is because there was a young girl who was told by her school that she was trans and gave her a male identity, and then she tried to kill herself. It's horrifying. I am of the opinion that uh, kids who need help should get it, but I am mostly of the opinion that parents know better than teachers. A child will be with a teacher for only a few years, but a child will be with their parent for 18 plus. I mean, their whole lives. And that means if you genuinely believe in what is best for the kids, the parents must be notified, period. Now, why is that so wrong? If a child comes to you and says that they want to get married or whatever, the teacher can still talk to the child about marriage. If a child goes to a teacher and says that they are gay, the teacher can still talk to the child about being gay. If a bunch of students are curious and they go to the teacher and say, what is marriage and what is the birds and the bees? The teacher can tell them all about it. But if a teacher opens up a book and says, I want to talk to you all about heteronormative copulation and marriage, you can't do that. And I, I have no issue with that. Children should be allowed to be children. These are prebubescent kids who don't even have general concepts of sexuality. And fine, don't include it in the curriculum. But the Democrats lie. They lie across the board. And then you see this Florida high school students walk out over don't say gay bill. You see, these, this, this is the real goal. They've, they've done something truly amazing in convincing a bunch of kids. Oh, look, I'm willing to bet most of these kids, a good portion, have no idea what's going on. They're just like, I'll walk out of school. I don't care. They're like, I don't want to be in school anyway. Many of them just believe lies from the mainstream press. So please, everyone, conservatives or otherwise, accurately describe this bill. Because when you see tweets like this, well, here, here we go. Someone said, so you think it's okay for parents to sue teachers who teach students it's not okay to be prejudiced? This underground man says, no, I was just pointing out the plain language of the bill should, be, should allow districts to be sued for allowing discussions of straight heteronormative lifestyle because that would be included in orientation or identity. Yes, 
That is part of it. And I don't think anyone on the right cares. It's it, these people seem to think that the entirety of the reason of this bill is just to be just to like claim they don't like gay people. They 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 uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to say it. The bill is the don't say straight bill. That's right. The bill is actually now called the don't say straight bill. Tweet that out. Don't say straight because the language would prohibit a teacher from discuss, discussing heteronormative behaviors too. Oh, and they're just now realizing this. Perhaps the real goal of the bill is to make sure parents are informed about what's happening with their kids. The don't say straight bill. Mm. Oh, I think that's wrong. Oh, these Republicans, you know, they're they're trying to indoctrinate kids to being gay by telling teachers they can't tell children what it means to be to be straight. What's the difference between their narrative and that one? Nothing. You invert it, but the same technicalities apply. I could then say, you know, to Ben Shapiro, you know, I think kids should be taught about being straight, but your bill, Republicans, prevents it. That's why I don't like what Ben Shapiro is tweeting. I don't like what a lot of conservatives are tweeting. I don't like the fact that right wing news outlets are calling it the don't say gay bill. It's not in any way. But of course, that's that's what they're doing. I do want to point out this this is one I find really funny. CNN reports, quote, I am deeply gay. Kate McKinnon mocks Florida's controversial bill. In their video, CNN uh, shows this graphic. Let me see if I can play it. I don't really care to play their audio. It says, Kate McKinnon mocked Florida's controversial state bill banning instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity. Let me make sure. I, I want to read it verbatim. Verbatim. In K through three classrooms. Well, bravo CNN for pointing that out. Discussion about sexual orientation and gender in kindergarden. It's actually pre-K to, th- to third grade. CNN pointed out it's specifically for third graders and below. So you hit fourth grade, teacher can pull out a book and say, let's talk about the birds and the bees. Let's talk about straight, gay, whatever. It's all allowed. So the don't say, don't say straight bill or the anti-grooming bill, whatever you want to call it, is um, they're, they're lying about it. Christina Peshaw, spokesperson for Ron DeSantis, responded to the SNL segment saying, why does Saturday Night Live want to teach three to eight-year-old children about sex without telling their parents? That's a good question because let's break down what this really is. The bill is actually pretty good. No sex ed for children, particularly uh, if you're not informing their parents. And then I say, okay, sure, I don't care, whatever. I don't want a teacher going to my kid without me knowing and talking about any kind of identity or or, or sex stuff. I don't have any kids. I'm just saying hypothetically, figuratively, uh, many people are concerned about that. So these Democrats who keep saying don't say gay want teachers to talk to five, six, seven, eight year olds about sex without the parents knowing. Why? It's a good question. Why? I don't know. I think it's creepy. Take a look at our good friends over at Google. So I did a search for don't say gay minus Disney, because when you search for it right now, the big story is that Disney is, you know, pissing everybody off. But uh, we have this from Google. You can see their search. Don't say gay bill. 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 Every single outlet says the exact same thing. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You know what, man? 
That's why I have little little faith in the Republicans, the right, the conservatives. Conservatives do half measures. This bill is a half measure. It doesn't actually ban the discussion of gay or straight. It um, equally prohibits the, dis- uh, uh, I'm sorry, gay or trans. It equally prohibits the discussion of heteronormative behavior and uh, homo normative or whatever you describe, I don't know, um, behaviors equally. The Democrats have been able to capture the narrative with a fake statement that does not represent in any way what the bill does, lie, convince everybody it does something it doesn't do. And I wonder why it is. Why is it? I think there's something simple here. They're lying to you outright and overtly because they don't want parents to know what they're being taught, period. I don't think it has anything to do with gender identity or otherwise. I think it has to do with they're going to say to your kids thing. It's going to, it's, it's going to be critical race theory. The Democrats on the left try claiming critical race theory is not being taught in schools, but it is. And, you know, we've had uh, several guests on Timcast IRL show us books. We had um, we had one guest who brought us a stack of books, one showing like a white hand or the devil tail in a whiteness contract. That's the real issue. The, the gender stuff, the gay stuff is a, is a manipulation because they want people who, who believe the Democrats to be trapped in that world to believe that the Republicans are evil racists, I do think they're losing. And I think the fact that Timcast IRL does so well is, is evidence of this. Timcast IRL is not um, staunch Trump supporter MAGA 2020. The left tries to claim it is. They're like, Tim Pool is MAGA. And I'm like, I voted for Trump like many independent voters voted for Trump. And I did not vote for him in 2016. Like many people who decided to vote for Trump, I think it was around 10 million or more second time around. It had a lot to do with the insanity and the lies from the Democrats and that Trump proposed some some pretty good things, you know, getting out of Afghanistan, uh, school choice, etc. I think there is a growing independent moderate faction in this country. I think most of the people who watch my content are. And, you know, we're starting to realize what school, what they're doing in these schools, the indoctrination. So they're trying to lie. I think there are a lot of good people who align themselves with Democrats because they've been manipulated. And it's sad. Hopefully videos like this in some way can help break people out of those lies. But this is why they try claiming that I'm a MAGA guy or far right or conspiracy or whatever. The goal is to try and make sure that any Democrat personality won't watch these videos. Why? Well, I I, I literally pulled up the bill. I even explained how Ben Shapiro got it wrong. And they don't want you to know that. They don't want you to hear that. They want you to be stuck in the matrix, believing what they tell you to believe. And the reality is, if you took only a few minutes to Google this, you'd break yourself free. We need to help people have that awakening moment where they realize they're being lied to. There's so many people who say that, like, I believed everything they were saying, and then I saw Donald Trump speak. And I realized everything they said was a lie. Donald Trump does condemn white nationalism. Well, to be honest, he he is still kind of a, a dick loudmouth, arrogant, and all that stuff. But when you actually listen to him, you realize the media has been lying about so much. And here you go. How many news outlets pushed the Democrat PR narrative? An excellent, a massive success for the Democrats. Republicans lack the skills to counter it. And more importantly, Republicans won't even pass bills that do what they're claiming they do. Democrats say Republicans want to ban saying gay. Republicans didn't do that. Republicans then compromise, giving Democrats more ground. The Republicans are mostly trash. I think Ron DeSantis does a pretty good job, but this bill is fairly moderate and doesn't do what the left or the right claims it does. 
Not all on the right, obviously. Even when people call it anti-grooming, like I've referred to it that way to counter the, the, the narrative from the left, is still hyper-focused on one tiny piece, and it doesn't even stop grooming. So it's frustrating, man. Hopefully this has been informative. Hopefully you can, you can shatter that narrative and help other people break free. In the time being, I'm not confident when you have Republicans who do half measures that we're going to see anything. You know, look, 10, 15 years, Republicans are going to be far left. And the far left will be something crazy. The far, in 20 years, the far left will be cyberized computer brains existing in the metaverse. And the Republicans are going to be, you know, uh, communists, LGBTQ activists. That's the way things go, I guess. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.